are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 104 of Tax Talks. This is Heido Robson. The FOFA reforms, FOFA as in future financial advice, the FOFA reforms came in as of 1st of July 2013 and declared SMSFs a financial product. But that was still okay because we had the accountant's exemption. But then the accountant's exemption was repealed as of 1st of July 2016. And so since then, so for almost three years, we all had to make do without by either getting an AFS license or becoming an authorized representative or being really careful not to say or write anything that could be taken as financial advice around SMSFs. But there are forces at work to change this. The professional organizations, as well as BGL, are actively lobbying to have the exemption reinstated. So I asked Ron Lesh, the CEO of BGL, what's happening? Here's Ron. We were the ones who first started it, and now the accounting organizations have picked it all up. And from what I understand, we will get some success next year, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. So the government is reconsidering it. And before even the transitional period came in, what was that like? So if we go back before really the FOFA changes, accountants prior to that had the ability to talk about most things around self-managed super as long as they were not giving financial advice pretty well based on what products to invest in or shares to invest in or something like that. So the accountant had the ability to give that, to, to basically say to someone, look, move from a an industry fund to a self-managed fund, wind up your self-managed fund, pay these pensions, make these contributions, all that sort of stuff, a lot of which really circles us just as much around tax advice as it does about anything else. Then the FOFA regulations came in that we thought were going to be the fixing of financial services. So we figured let's bring in really tough and lots of regulations so we can fix all the problems. And obviously we've seen the last few months how FOFA didn't work because it's got nothing to do with regulations. It's all got to do with culture and you can't fix culture with regulations. And, and FIFA, what does FIFA stand for of FIFA? Future of Financial Advice. Okay. As part of the transitional provisions under the FOFA regime, accountants were given an exemption to talk about self-managed super because when FOFA came in, they started saying that they classed a self-managed super fund as a financial product. It is a bit weird seeing that it has in itself, it is a nothing. It is purely an entity or a structure. So it isn't a product because it in itself. But anyway, under the legislation, self-managed super funds became a product. And as a result of becoming a product, they became regulated under the financial services legislation. But accountants had a carve out for a period of three years. Now, got to remember, this was Labor Party regulation, not Liberal Party. This was done under when our current opposition leader was the Minister for Financial Services. So this was all done by Bill and his union mates to basically try and cut accountants and self-managed super out. That legislation came in. Accountants got three years exemption. At the end of the three years, they were supposed to get either a limited license or a full license or become an an authority holder or an authorised rep for somebody with a financial services license. I see. So the accountant's exemption was always just designed to last for three years. 
Yeah, the the exemption itself was designed to last for three years after the introduction of the the FOFA regulations. And what I've always said, and and people will dispute this, and I've been told it's not true, but my personal view, and if you ask most accountants around, they will say the reason we got this poor legislation, this poor outcome back in uh, 2012 was all because the accounting organisations didn't stand up for their members. They will say that they did. They will say it was a fait accompli. They will tell us all sorts of stories. But you only get to a fait accompli when you're weak and you don't stand up for your members. And I've said that on many occasions that I think it's very poor that we've ended up in this situation. Anyway, I do find it interesting now that the accounting organisations are working to try to fix the problem they created. And could you walk me through limited licence versus full licence? Okay, so limited license was designed for accountants who wanted to talk about self-managed super but didn't want to give investment advice. So they could talk about forming a super fund, they could talk about getting rid of a super fund, winding one up, they could talk about contributions, they could talk about pensions, but they couldn't give their clients investment advice like what shares to buy or which managed funds to go in or what insurance to get or anything like that. It was all just purely around the bits and pieces around self-managed super. So that's what the limited licence was, was supposed to do. Yeah, and is it that the full licence you get through ASIC, but the limited licence you get through an umbrella organisation like no, no, no. No, no, it's all done through ASIC. Oh, I see. So you can also get a limited license through ASIC. Correct. What the NTAA, if they've got a full license, and what they are doing is allowing their members to become authorised representatives under that license, but only to talk about super, is my understanding. You probably couldn't get a full license through the... No, no, it depends. You can, you could be a full authorised rep through a third party. So... We, we have an arrangement with some people called Capstone. They provide people with uh, licensing at four different levels. So an initial level, which allows them just to talk about setting up funds and getting rid of funds. A second level that lets them talk about investment strategies. Third level that lets them talk about product. And then a fourth level that basically lets them talk about anything. So you can either have a full or limited license with ASIC, or you can become an authorized representative of an umbrella organization. And then that's that will be tailored to different levels of what you need. Yes. That situation has been going on from the 1st of July 2015. What would the ideal solution look like in your eyes? Look, I think we need to go back to really what the accountants exemption allowed accountants to do. So we go back from a situation where, and I don't care whether ASIC or class self-managed super fund is a financial product or not, doesn't worry me. What what I think we need is we need to go back to that carve-out where accountants can talk about starting a fund, contributions to a fund, pensions in a fund, and winding up a fund so that they can basically do exactly what they were doing under the previous exemption. And, and that's why I think we need it back to it. The thing that's interesting, if we look at what's happened over the past, since FOFA has come in, ASIC has been doing all of this shadow shopping, and especially the last two or three years, it's been doing a lot of shadow shopping. And the results of the surveys, or the results of their shopping, has basically said that the advice being given to self-managed super funds is generally has been great. Oh, I see. Shadow shopping is when you send a mystery shopper to an accountant or financial advisor. Correct. And, and ASIC have been doing that. And you look at their reports and the reports are saying that the advice that people are getting is pretty poor. And what we're saying is, well, you didn't have this result when accountants were the ones giving the advice to set up the self-managed super funds. 
What came out of the Royal Commission in this space? Did accountants come out quite well and the financial advisors came out very poorly with respect to SMSFs? I don't think there are many accountants that I saw that, and I've, I've sort of had a look at the report, the interim report. There weren't a lot of accountants in there that was more aimed at financial planners and big institutions and the celebrity financial planners who we saw ended up now all losing their licenses and everything because of the, the shenanigans they were up to and the, the large financial planning organisations and large corporates that were running super funds, all the stuff they got up to. So that was interesting. I will say it probably didn't tell us anything we didn't know. So for people in the industry, we knew most of this stuff was going on. We didn't know they were charging dead people, but we knew most of the other stuff was going on. And the fact that they were charging dead people probably doesn't surprise us. You knew what was going on. You knew the sort of advice people were getting. So I don't think very surprising. And if you speak to ASIC, ASIC will say they knew it was all going on and that most of the things that were so-called revelations came from ASIC in the first place. What made you start out on your campaign? The Royal Commission was partly a defining moment because when we saw or when we saw in public these people admit to some of the things that they'd been doing, it really rang warning bells that we already knew were there and really sort of was the last straw that broke the camel's back. So we sort of said, look, we can't tarnish accountants with the same sort of brush that the people who are up at the Royal Commission are being tarnished with. We just thought, and it's unfair to put them in the same group. ASIC, at the same time as the Royal Commission was going on, ASIC also came out with their shadow shopping exercise for this year. And the shadow shopping exercise for this year, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was something like 96% of the people they spoke to gave them advice that was non-compliant. So they weren't complying with the law. And, 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 I, and, wow. I, and it was similar last year, and I think it was similar the year before. It hasn't changed a lot. And all that said to us is, look, the moment you start to get this sort of advice on what to do with super out of the hands of the accountants and put it in the hands of others, you end up with a mess. My comment was basically, we didn't have these problems when accountants were recommending self-managed super funds. So therefore, we need to get back to something that gives us the ability for accountants to do what they did very well in the past. Once you had decided that something had to change, how did you go about it? Who did you reach out to? Okay, so I suppose we wrote out to a couple of people. I reached out to ASIC first, and I had a meeting with the commissioner, uh, John Price, who's in charge of uh, licensing and that whole regime, and who didn't necessarily disagree with what I was saying. He said the next step was really to talk to Treasury because they were the ones that set policy and this was a policy issue. My next step was actually to talk to the minister at the time, who was Kelly O'Dwyer, who's also my local member. In the end, Kelly's no longer the minister now, somebody else is, so it sort of changed. What ended up happening was then the Institute of Public Accountants, uh, Andrew Conway, their CEO, started to take up the mantle. He got the accounting organisations together, and I gather they're in the process of putting together a proposal for Treasury and for the government on what they think should happen. Was there easy consensus on what should happen and how the solution should look like? Or was there a lot of disagreement among the different campaigners? Organizations? Yeah, different organizations. I have no idea. I wasn't involved at that level. Look, I'm sure there would have been some, but I know there was some support at both CA and CPA for the bringing back the exemption different people, different times. I think there was some general consensus. What that's going to look like, I suppose, 
we'll only see once the proposals go into government because they're, they're not complete yet. But I think the, the general consensus is we need to get back to somewhere similar to where we were. Yes. So you haven't seen the solutions on the table yet? No, no, they're still being designed. Look, there's a general consensus around what I think needs to happen. What that comes down to when it is specifics and goes into a proposal, I haven't seen yet. And look, have a chat to Andrew Conway at the IPA. I'm sure he'll be happy to talk about that. And I think the IPA and Andrew Conway, they were also very active around the events-based reporting, weren't they? I remember when I spoke yep. to you about events-based reporting last year or earlier this year, I think you mentioned that IPA was the only organization that really was active from the start around events-based reporting. Is that right? Yeah. In terms of the accounting organizations, yes, IPA were the only people. In terms of the whole process, the uh, SMSF Association were with me and with it from the beginning. So they were involved in it from day one. The IPA took over the gauntlet in terms of the accounting organisations. Eventually, the other accounting organisations came on board and we ended up with what we proposed in the first place, coming from everybody and saying, oh, we need to do this. But we ended up in the right place. And how did you find out that something is in the pipeline now, that something will change? How did you find out? I, I've spoken to the people at the IPA and the others. I see. So okay. I've been told this is what's going on at the moment. So at the moment, it's looking good in your eyes? My understanding is that the government is open to a proposal. They want it to come out sometime early next year. As I said, I haven't seen the exact proposal, but I think it's going to be pretty similar to what we had originally. The topic is dear to your heart because it very much affects the accountants and the accountants are your users and hence... A lot of accountants are our users, correct. It does. Hence your desire to support the industry. Yeah. Well, look, our view has been generally that we will always support our clients when we think our clients are doing the right thing and wanting the right things. And uh, I think as a general rule, we've tried to support them through the T-Bar stuff, although most of them didn't realise what a mess the T-Bar was going to be until we started talking about it. The accountant's exemption has affected everybody. It's just not good legislation or the removal of it. It's just not good for the industry. It's not good for our clients. And it's just not good. Generally, it's poor legislation. And the fact that we've had the shadow shopping exercise have shown just how poor or how silly in some respects the whole idea was. Let's put regulation around it. Well, regulation hasn't worked. You know, you can't fix culture with regulation and the problem's culture. Actually, Ron, can I ask you something very different? Sure. T-Bar, how did you find... Well, look, I think people are still learning their way through it. We held a webinar for clients a couple of weeks ago with almost 900 people. And that was after the October deadline of the first T-Bar they're supposed to have lodged. Look, I think people are still coming to grips with it. They're coming to grips with the reporting requirements. They're coming to grips with who they need to report for. It's not going to happen in five minutes. I think there is a general view that people want to comply. Some are able to because they've got the data there. Some who don't have the data available finding it much harder to comply. So that's sort of a reason to want to move to cloud technology and to get stuff up to date because that way at least you know where you are with your funds and you know who needs to report and who doesn't need to report. So, look, I think that's really that's really the end result of it. It's not perfect. The start has been okay. The numbers of being lodged have been pretty high. Clients are coming to grip with what they have to do. It's just going to take time. Do you see a lot of need for change around the T-Bar, the way the form is designed 
the way the process works at the moment? Well, look, we've tried to automate it. So from a client's perspective, they don't see very much apart from the screen that shows the data and then we produce the file and just upload the file. They've got to fix the lodgement process so we're not lodging it as a manual file. That's crazy in today's, today's terms of how things are done electronically. The ATO is aware of that one. In terms of the format, I don't think the format's such a big deal. One of the things around it that we want to see is or we're going to need to see in the future if you want to have better reporting of self-managed super then there's more stuff to be reported. Now, I don't think the industry is ready for that. I don't know how much the industry wants to report that because it's fine to report some things about pensions, but we're not reporting anything about contributions and all sorts of stuff, although some of it get picked up through SuperStream. Also, the whole issue of rollovers is something that's being worked on at the moment, how we can automate that process better into self-managed super funds. So, look, there's a lot of rooms for improvement on how things can be done and how, as a result of that, we can get better reporting and clients can get better information. That's really what it's all about. Also, the ability to get stuff out of my gov, and that will hopefully come, or is not too far away either. So an accountant looking at our software can see not only their balances in their self-managed fund, but also the balances in any industry funds or any retail funds that they've got. Welcome back. It's great to know that something is in the pipeline around the accountant's exemption. In the next episode, episode 105, Mark Pizzacalo of the Board of Taxation will talk about the Board of Taxation, its history, its role and its purpose. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.